everyone, and welcome to the show. Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> Today on the show, we are going to talk about Clock, this movie, Clock. And as you saw from the title, I believe that this movie relate metaphorically, specifically, sometimes very much on the nose, talks about the horrors of pressuring women into having children. Oh, yeah. But we're going to break it down a little bit farther than that. I know that Kathy had said the reason why I thought it would be good and Kathy agreed is that this was one of your favorite movies from last year. Well, I liked it a lot because I think that, and you and I have said on other shows, that we're like really over pregnancy horror yeah. and the way that it's done. <laughs> yeah. And it's done so hysterical and it's done in ways that it's like a woman's only either gift or curse that can be brought to her or whatever, you know, and we're seeing, obviously there's politics around this right now. Oh yeah. Okay. So sometimes it feels like we're deduced down to our, our uterus. Mm -hmm. I think that's everything that this movie represents. So it's a little bit different from the other pregnancy horror stories, at least in my opinion, it emphasized that statement that we're like tired of it. Well, and because our our heroine isn't actually pregnant. No. That makes it different as well. Yes. Because a lot of the quote-unquote pregnancy horrors we watch, which is indicative in the name, they're pregnant and it's some kind of al- you know alien that's being birthed or the baby's yeah. eating them from the inside. It's all about like they, the baby being a horrifying thing. Yeah, or that they've only ever wanted to be a mother and everyth- everything around their character is about being a mother. And, and I, I want to be clear... Being a mother is an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, I we ha- we both had a mother, obviously. Yeah, and, you know, I work with a lot of mothers who are going through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them that they're, like, the biggest superheroes on the planet. It's hard being a mom. But, but it's also okay if you don't want to be one. It's also a choice, and I think this movie really amplifies that. And there are certain characters in this movie that want her to have a choice and make her own choice. And then there are a fuck ton of characters in this movie that are gaslighting her. Her own father-in-law, her father, everybody's like gaslighting her. And women in her life. And women in her life are gaslighting her. And, you know, okay, so what was really interesting, I don't know about for you, Kathy, but the whole like first act of this to me was I laughed a few times out of recognition even because it sets up, you know, she's just about to turn 38. She does not want to baby at that at this point in the movie she doesn't want children her husband is on board with that he's like i just want to be with you her friends are pregnant or have kids already her family starts to pressure her when are you guys going to have kids and argue with her about you should have kids in the culture all of this to to heal our trauma, our ancestral trauma, you should have kids to carry on things, um, so to heal us and all of this, all of this pressure, and then friends. So when are you guys having kids? When are you getting it? Like that was all so familiar to oh me. Oh my god! Like I remember that so vividly in my thirties. 
because for those of you who don't know, Kathy nor Kathy or I have children and we made those choices. And Only so, ones with fur. <laughs> we have, yeah, we have pets and animals in our lives. And, yeah, we both made conscious, those were mm-hmm. choices. It wasn't because of anything medical or any, it was choices. No, it wasn't. They call it childless by choice these days. You know, there's always a there's, saying there's always a for saying. everything we are. But <laughs> whatever, it didn't happen. You know, sometimes you don't make a choice. You just, it just it wasn't a priority along the way. It's like maybe as kids, we thought we would have kids because the culture says that's what you do. And, and I certainly thought that. But you go along and life circumstances happen. Mm-hmm. And you, if my, my basic perspective, just stepping away from the movie for just a second, is that I believe wholeheartedly that if you want kids, you have to make that a priority in your life. Absolutely. And it becomes a priority whether you want it to or not. However, because I work with a lot of teenagers, I see what happens when families don't make them a priority. Mm -hmm. And so I know even now more than I did then that if I couldn't make it a priority, if I didn't want to stop what I was doing and like have a family and really focus on that and make it a priority, I didn't want to do it. And it just never came to fruition where I wanted to make it a priority. So choice, not choice. Uh, I was really going from like, do I want to lean in and make it a priority? If I do it, I'm going to do it. I want to do it excellently. And I want to make it a priority. And if I don't feel the instinct or the need or the want to do that, then I should just not do it. That's That's how I felt. That's absolutely right. And I don't know about you, Shannon, but I've been in relationships in the past and they may have been a, or or someone that I was dating and a really wonderful person. They wanted children and I didn't. And conversations around like, if you're even lukewarm about it. Yes. You're bringing a life into the world yes. and you have to be now present and nurturing and all these things and, and responsible for until you're gone. Very important. And before we get too far, I just want to say a couple of things, which the, the, the plot of this movie is we've already described it, but a woman who does not want children is pressured into changing her mind with horrific results. The lead is played by uh, Diana Agron, who was in Glee, and she, I think, is has really shown her acting chops in this. It's a very different role for her. In fact, after seeing this, I'm like, man, I hope she does more because I really liked her in this role. She still played a very likable character, but she was far more assertive and really questioned the social norms, but like also was trying to be curious, knowing that her father, her husband, like she was really trying to, she, she approached this pregnancy thing earnestly but let me also give you a little bit of context to her character is that she was successful in her career as an interior designer. She had what she believed to be a really good marriage and loving husband. Having children wasn't really front and center for her. It was one of those things that she was like, I'm, I'm kind of happy where I am. And this is a freedom that oftentimes men don't have they don't have to compromise their bodies they don't have to compromise the time off from work and they're also not the ones who uh, and this is honestly i know that there are exceptions to this but we're talking about just in general if we're talking about this generally there's a lot more that women have to think about their bodies age out when it comes to pregnancy much sooner what they have to 
decide they want to keep or give up to carry. And then also they are the ones that if they're nursing have to be the ones that stay home longer and potentially put their careers on hold. So she's like going, Oh my gosh, like I love my husband. I love my father. I want to be able to give these men these things. I also don't know if this is what I want and I don't know if that's okay to not want this, but I want to dive in and see like maybe something's wrong with me. And so she goes to this GYN who essentially is like, well, your clock must be broken because um, it is a it is like a very primal thing for women to just want children. And so if you don't want children, you know, we can fix that. There's all this ridiculousness at the beginning of this about her friends are very stereotypical and stereotyped. Yeah, you know, very tropey. Like, oh, very, very, like, ew, cringy, really. And the doctor's really cringy. And the family is kind of cringy. So when you're, if you decide to watch this, please know that, yes, they set up all this very generic, very stereotypical. It seems old school, but I can tell you that, people still get have these conversations Mm -hmm. they still get asked oh when are you going to get married when are you having kids all of those questions still get asked so it seems it's a cliche because it comes from somebody's reality that's exactly right but i also wanted to make sure because i think we have a little thing called pregnancy fast (laughs) i didn't want to Get away from us. I didn't want it to get away from us any further. Pregnancy facts. We got real serious and we do have some pregnancy facts with Kath. So for those of you who don't know, she's going to ask me some questions. I'm going to write them down and think on them. And then y'all are going to guess with me at the end of the show, these trivia facts. Number one, what is the longest recorded pregnancy in history? We're talking about (laughs) humans, folks. We're not talking about elephants or, okay. Do they Humans. have longer pregnancies than we do? I think their gestation periods like quite a long minute. Longest pregnancy for a human recorded in history. Oh, right. I have to look up history. elephants' gestation. Oh god. Number two, 18 to 22 months for elephants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew it was long. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are big. They got time to grow in there. Yeah, I hear you. Number two, oldest recorded woman to have a baby was how old? There's still hope, Shannon. <laughs> Number three. During pregnancy, the uterus expands, starting with the size of this fruit, eventually expanding to the size of this fruit. Okay. I need two fruits. Okay, fruity. Number four. Babies cry in the womb, starting at how many weeks? Mm Mm-hmm. Number five, is it true or false? Experiencing heartburn during pregnancy means you're more likely for it's more likely that your baby will be born with hair <laughs> that's ridiculous listen no maybe it's true i know i understand that it's true and false either way ridiculous so yeah i mean listen <laughs> so yeah i mean listen So this poor girl, poor woman, you know, is basically being told your eggs are dying. You're old. You owe this to your husband and your father, who's a Holocaust survivor. It's your job to keep the family line going. We also know in in the Jewish faith, the mother is the one who carries the lineage, right? 
So she's got all this pressure. And then she enters this study where it's run by what is seeming seemingly appears to be women who are far more empathic because the GYN, mm-hmm. she's fucking cold bitch. Yeah. Right. So then she goes into this and it's like the hmming and hawing of this doctor who's like, we just, we want to heal you. And and she's played by Melora Hardin and the, the doctor, I think she does a great job in this movie. She does a really great job. And I remember her, I think she was on soap operas back in the day. She looks like, like a soap nighttime star. Yeah, she's soap really pretty. Or something. Um, and she's probably, I, I would imagine she's in, supposed to be like in her fifties in this. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Just to give context, because again, it's like, you know, Diana Agron's supposed to be quote unquote old at 38. <laughs> so yeah. that's another thing too, that women are defined by oh they say like you're practically elderly for yes. giving birth and it's they're not wrong by yeah, geriatric she says yeah <laughs> the gyn's like well you're practically geriatric and, and diana agron's face is like the fuck <laughs> i know it was beautiful mm-hmm. no but i would say that is what then the second chunk of the movie basically starts the second act or, or so yeah is when she gets admitted into yep. this facility yeah so how how did you experience this um this program she goes in well, I would have been the fuck out of there. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have gone, first of all, but I, but if I was in a situation in my life where I did go, because I have made some adventurous choices in my life, so it's possible. But then once she got there and there was like an immediate, let's talk about all of your traumas, and then at one point she... It's, you know, she's being given pills. She doesn't know what they are. That's always a sign in a horror movie of a bad thing. Mm-hmm. She starts to see things, very bad thing, probably psycho-induced from the pills. So they they plant memories, they plant traumas, they plant all of these things. That was my vibe on it. Like, you could, you could read this movie like, oh, it's just all happening like this innocent, horror like she's having nightmares now because she's bringing up all of the psychic stuff i think they dosed her and made her delusional to further their agenda yeah, they put her in a sensory deprivation chamber to put in this fucking implant yeah yeah there's some really powerful imagery during this part of the film uh, one of them is when she sees herself with the baby swinging from like between her legs like a pendulum so there's like this clock theme mm. throughout the film and i think the i liked the a lot her of her ticking clock yeah the really powerful imagery in this film too the large grandfather clock that's supposed to represent the father like there's a lot of really oh yeah powerful it's, stuff i think you're absolutely right i i love the metaphor in this movie it's not just a straightforward we shouldn't be forced to have babies kind of thing it's not like that like that like that's why i wanted to set up that first act is very kind of generic and sets it up like it, like as if we would all maybe relate to that but then by the second act you're she's in a facility she's getting dosed it's very the the imagery changes meaning that like the production designer started to mute all the colors obviously the cinematographer was using like this very washed out lighting so it shifts like okay we're in this we're being deprived, we're depraved, we're in a cult that's going to put an implant, give you drugs and implant you and give you the, del- you know, delusions and all of this other stuff. So yeah, it, it shifts, it very much shifts the vibe. Yeah. And then what, what starts to happen from there is 
the audience is starting to question whether is it just this facility mm-hmm. or is there a larger thing going on where maybe her family, husband, father, all this, maybe they aren't so innocent and we don't know yet, but there's definitely a question. And for the reason that once the implant is put in and she goes home and she's told, you know, you can't have any sex for a few weeks and just let it set in. And then, you know, you're going to all of a sudden just want to have a child. And there's this blank slate thing that happens where all of this stuff starts to come up where she now wants to have a child and then the husband's like are you sure you're ready and so you're wondering you're like how many people are in on this is he a good guy is he not a good guy and as an audience member at least I did I I started to feel not like her but started to question who was safe and I think that that was effective for me as she starts to hallucinate she starts to experience what we know might happen to folks who are either coercively controlled or put through things where they're like trauma is planted. We've talked about this on in other episodes of other topics that it's its own form of crazy making. So now she's looked at it as even more fragile and can't make her own decisions because she's highly symptomatic and hysterical. Yeah. We get the hysterical woman bit mm-hmm. just like we get in all of these movies, but that's okay because we've all lived that and we also don't have to pathologize ourselves by always calling it hysteria, right? Like this woman has literally been drugged and made to feel crazy. She's been gaslit by this medical professional and chemically shifted and altered and all of this stuff. So I really feel like during the second half of this second act is when we begin to have a narrator or a main character basically that is compromised. And so what happens is reality is then compromised as an audience. So we don't, we don't just like she doesn't, we don't know if what we're seeing is real. We don't know if the tall, scary lady that's right out of a horror movie is real, not real. We assume not real. We assume it's part of her imagination. She starts to see all kinds of different things. She starts to have nightmares. And and then as that evolves, by the time we're really thick in it and she starts to do some oh, definitely across the line stuff, we actually don't know what's real and what's not because we're seeing everything through her eyes. And so that's when as an audience member, like I become, and I think most people become when this happens, like what, what's happening? We begin to feel like the movie's gaslighting us Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's terrifying. And so once this happens, then she, and, and we see this again with folks who have been gaslit or controlled for a certain amount of time or fed drugs like she was fed drugs is she then adopts the persona of the perpetrator or the aggressive one or the one who's out of her mind and there lies like oh being further pathologized and towards the third act now we start to see her beginning to realize what's happened but because she's been in this semi-sedated state and and out of her mind, for lack of better words, in the second act, she is reacting to that in a way that is incredibly problematic and starts to dissociate and starts to act out 
violently. Yeah. And as the title suggests, there are spoilers in this episode. And this yeah. here's where we're going to get into spoilers. Because, of course, the third act comes and we're going to talk about what actually happens. When she, whatever, breaks out of the facility or whatever and goes to her father's house and all of that, this is kind of what I was talking about with the, you don't know what's real or not. Mm -hmm. Everything starts to crumble because she goes there thinking that she's her dad's being a jerk to her and all of this. And, you know, she becomes violent. And then later she finds out that she's actually killed her own father. And that was devastating. That was so devastating. I had a sense that there was something going on, but like, yeah. Yeah. It, you're, you're not quite sure. No, it's and like a dream state. That's why it was like, I thought it was beautifully shot. And I, I like this part of the movie where, where she's like beating the crap out of the grandfather clock. Yeah, yeah. And then later you realize that in her delusion, it was actually her killing her own father. And that's one of the things that sends her over the edge at the end. Yeah. Uh, literally. Yeah. Yeah, and then come to find out, she you know she goes home. She gets the implant in by Doctor Simmons and um, crazy doctor, lady. crazy doctor lady, and she says to her, you know, you can't have sex for three weeks. Let it, whatever. So she goes home saying that she wants to have a baby. They start to have sex, and this clock literally like rips her husband's dick off. Yeah, I know. right. <laughs> but we find out in that scene that there's a bag or something on the side of the table that has the name of the clinic. Yeah. And so you find out that, I mean, he plotted this whole thing. Because he's a doctor. So what he did is he had his friend, who's her doctor, suggest that she go to this clinic. Yeah. So that she could really find out if she wanted to have kids or not. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was all this, you know, who knows how much he knew about the clinic. I don't think he knew he was going to get his dick ripped off. Well, he didn't actually get his dick ripped, but it no. pokes him. It, it it cuts him pretty hard. Pokes him, He's makes bleeding. him bleed. Yeah. Bleeding. So penis was bleeding. For me, I think it comes down to like, you know, it's this idea that pregnancy is a status and something that qualifies womanhood and that without this, maybe a woman has no purpose without a child. And the length that women will go to even denying their own needs because it's like, well, I'm just supposed to be a mom. I was reading this article yesterday or a couple of days ago. It was advice that older women gave back about their life, yeah. you know, to younger yeah. women. I love and those. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And one of them was, you don't have to get married and have a child. And although like many of us know that intellectually. That's not the message we get. That's not the message we get. And I don't think that, and also we're, you know, depending on where you live and what your culture is, it's not always the message that is okay to even like entertain. So it's well, and survival. Some yeah. some cultures, some socioeconomic statuses, like to survive, you couple, and you may not have the privilege of not getting pregnant. You may not have the That's privilege exactly right. of not getting pregnant over and over again. And so, this isn't what this movie's talking about. No. The people in this movie are privileged. They get to decide. That's right. Not everybody gets to decide. Yep, that's right. What did you think of the movie? I thought, like you said, I thought it was a solid entry into this child pregnancy, family kind of horror space. I still generally don't like movies about this topic. Mm -hmm. Like, like they're kind of, 
I just don't have a lot of emotion around it. And so I kind of like, I recognize things in it. The parts I did like were the parts, the middle part. <laughs> you know how I usually say I like the beginning part? I liked the middle part where she was at the facility and they were fucking with her. Yeah. And there were like horror things going on where she saw the scary tall lady who ends up being her a picture of her grandmother. And, and as she gets more and more psychotic, more and more uh, metaphoric things start to happen. We start to see all oh, this really cool imagery that like you could really dive in and look at there's symbolism around all the things that they show. Sure. Like yeah. at the very end when she jumps off the cliff and she's laying on the rock and you don't really know whether she dies or not. Like there's a whole thought process around that she lives. There's a thought process around that she dies and there's this fish that like comes out of the water and sits there and looks at her or whatever. And then the movie ends and I looked it up, of course, and that fish is a symbol of fertility mm -hmm. and abundance and all of that. So there's all these little Easter eggs in there that are metaphors. And I, I know some people don't like that. And it wasn't necessarily an art film in that way, but I did like when they started to get kind of metaphoric when she became psychotic, because I think that there is a lot of symbolism and psychosis usually of the psychotic, the psychotic people that I've talked to and yeah. treated. There's a ton of symbolism in what they see, what they think, what they yeah. dream. So I don't know. I liked that part of it because it got real Freudian. Yeah, I think just for me, I just didn't expect to really like it. I didn't choose it. And then when I watched it, being that we've seen so much pregnancy horror we don't like, this was just a different way of telling it. Mm -hmm. And so... And I, I liked and I liked the performances. I thought the performances were great. She was great. She was great. I imagine it's really good for her career to be seen as, you know, I don't know what else she's done, but most of us know her from Glee. So yeah. it's a very different mm -hmm. role. And sure. she helms this film. Yeah. So that's really cool. I have answers. Yeah. Do ya? Do you have the answers to the pregnancy facts with girl? Shannon, what is the longest recorded pregnancy in history? Mm, I don't really know. Like 13 months? Well, it was 375 days. Oh, that Which is, is 100 over. days late. So you're kind That's of spot on. That's about 13 on. months, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess. I'm surprised that that kid didn't, like, cook to death in there. Awful. Usually they'll or the mom. Him. Or the mom, yeah. Jeez. I mean, the mom's being sucked Usually from her life like, source. Usually after a couple of weeks, they'll induce if the baby's late. I got to read about that because that mom has been in the hospital for Bulen months. Hunter. All right. Number two, oldest recorded woman to have a baby was how old? Yeah, it's interesting because like naturally or... No, right? Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I read a story a couple of years ago, but it wasn't a natural birth, like 55 or something like this that. This was 66. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was that one a few years ago where they... I don't know. There's some story about that. I don't remember. Oy. I was grossed out, so I went away. Number three, during pregnancy, the uterus expands to starting with the size of this fruit eventually expanding to the size of this fruit. Kumquat watermelon? Orange watermelon. <laughs> Kumquat's a little smaller. I just wanted to say kumquat. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I was close. Number four, babies cry in the womb starting at how many weeks? Six? 28. 28 weeks. Oh, okay. 
I was thinking the little the little bean was crying. Oh, that'd be really freaky. You know, you're just like a little bean at six weeks. It's just like a little bean like in a, there. Like a xenomorph. <laughs> yeah. Number five. Church. Obviously not an expert on pregnancy. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> I say this like, you remember when Alex Trebek would, would say the answers as if he like knew the word. Knew, the, knew it. And it's like, dude, the, you have it right in front of you. Don't be so confident. You have no idea what you're talking about, do you? <laughs> Number five, true or false, experiencing heartburn during pre- pregnancy means your baby will be born with hair. I don't know. It's probably true. That is false. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, people, if you carry this way, you're having a boy. If you carry this way, <laughs> she comes out singing. Like there's <laughs> Those kinds of things are so ridiculous, Kathy. I know. Thank you for bringing the ridiculous. You're welcome. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to us on this topic. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.